0: Today's script- scripture reading comes from Deuteronomy chapter 5 verses 1 to 21. Moses convened all Israel and said to them, "Hear, O Israel, the statutes and ordinances that I am addressing to you today. You shall learn them and observe them diligently. The Lord our God made a covenant with us at Horeb. Not with our ancestors did the Lord make this covenant, but with us who are all all of us here alive today. The Lord spoke with you face to face at the mountain, out of the fire. At that time I was standing between the Lord and you to declare to you the words of the Lord. For you were afraid because of the fire and did not go up the mountain. And he said, I'm the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above, or that is on the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to worship to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the inequity of parents, to the third and fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy, as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male or female slave or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the resident alien in your towns, so that your male and female slave may rest as well as you. Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you, so that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. Neither shall you commit adultery. Neither should you steal. Neither shall you bear false witness against your neighbor. Neither shall you covet your neighbor's wife. Neither shall you desire your neighbor's house, or field, or male or female slave, or ox, or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Following Deuteronomy chapter 6, chapters 4 through 9, Hear, O Israel. The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand, fix them as an emblem on your forehead, and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks.
1: Thank you, Beth. And let us pray. Our Lord, loving you with all that we are is our aim each day, each moment of life. And we pray for your grace that our lives might reflect that purpose and that priority. Speak to us now, O Lord, your word of truth and grace and mercy. Speak to each one of us, O Lord, in a way that we most need to hear you. We pray this all in Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever gotten off course? Many years ago, when I was a senior in high school, my mom and I took a a weekday off one October to head up to Boston to visit a college I was excited about. Had a wonderful visit, a, a wonderful day together. And as we drove home, I was driving. I was 17, a, a new driver driving my mother's Pontiac station wagon. And she thought I was navigating. And I thought she was navigating. And on that 250 or so mile drive home, we went about 100 miles <laughs> off course. Suddenly we were somewhere deep into New York State, pulling over for gas. And, rifling through the glove box for a map, remember maps? (laughs) And we were both shocked when we realized how far off course we were. We got home close to midnight that night, embarrassed about the whole thing, and never said a word to anyone about how badly we lost our way and got off course. Have you ever gotten off course? And as you well know, sometimes we go off course in more simple and straightforward ways like that October day years ago, driving home from Boston to Basking Ridge. Sometimes we get off course in ways that are more deep and far reaching. We compromise our integrity. We lose sight of what matters most. We neglect or do harm to those whom we most love. We push God to the periphery of our lives instead of to its center. Our scripture today focused upon the 10 Commandments is meant to be for our lives a compass, a map. It is a profound gift from God, which describes so succinctly and clearly the life God calls us to live, the path God calls us to travel, and the boundaries that we are to live within on that journey. I once took 10 weeks to preach on the Ten Commandments. I even took an 11th bonus Sunday for some closing thoughts. This time around, we won't take that much time. We just have today. And so I'll cut right to the heart of it. Three brief points. The first point is that this is not some outdated, old fashioned list of well-intended but unrealistic suggestions. These are teachings that can transform our lives. The words are as relevant and as needed today as the day they were first spoken. This is not someone else's story. This is our story. It's not just the story of Abraham and Sarah or Jacob and Isaac or Moses. It's our story. Moses gathers the people of Israel together and says, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and ordinances that I am addressing to you today. You shall learn them and observe them diligently. The pronouns and other words he speaks refer to us, we, today, now. It's about us. It's a defining moment for the people of Israel. They are about to enter the Promised Land after being liberated from slavery and 40 years in the wilderness. And 40 years or so after they were first given, Moses is revisiting the Ten Commandments. He is reaffirming their relevance, their foundational importance. They were not originally given to the people who are present. They were given to their parents, their parents who have mostly died. But now this new generation is also receiving them as a word from God for them. Moses desires for them to renew the covenant and embrace as their own the covenant God made with their parents. And isn't that always at the part of what any healthy faith community is engaged in, handing off the baton to the next generation, teaching them of God's great love and of the command to love God and neighbor and self. It's been said many times that the church is always one generation away from extinction, and it's true that church in general and specific churches in particular A hundred years from now, none of the present members or staff of our church will be here—none of us. Who will be teaching Sunday school? Who will be serving as an elder or a a deacon or a trustee? Who will be singing in the choir or ringing bells in the bell choir? Who will be leading the mission trips and in all kinds of other ways bearing witness to the love of God. Each generation, the covenant needs to be renewed. The call to discipleship needs to be freshly answered. And so we remember today that the teachings of the faith, including the 10 commandments and the summary of those lessons at the heart of Jesus' message in the gospels, they've been handed down to us by the generations that have come before us. It's not someone else's story, it's our story. And it's our responsibility to teach that story to our children and to their children and to hand the baton to them. Here's the second point. It all begins with what Almighty God has already done not by listing out some set of rules. Have you ever noticed that? The passage doesn't begin with a list of do's and don'ts. Here's what you will do every day. Here's what you will do to show your love for me. It begins with a reminder of what God has done, his work of leading us out of the wilderness, of giving us life. God's gift, God's action, that's where it starts. And that is such an important detail. And only then does it remind us what a grateful response to that gift looks like. What you and I, loving the Lord our God, looks like. It's to love the God who frees us, to love the God who gives us life. Because I love you and have rescued you and freed you that your lives might be blessed and that you might truly be free. Live within these boundaries. Follow this path. That's what God's saying. The Ten Commandments don't begin with a demand. They begin with a reminder of what God has already done. A reminder of the love and faithfulness God has already done given to us. And the third and final point is this. The 10 Commandments are not about limiting us or controlling us. They are about giving us freedom and releasing us from bondage. The 10 Commandments begin with God saying, remember, I granted you freedom. I brought you out of slavery. Don't go back into that prison. Don't go back into that life of slavery, the one that I released you from. And so, friends, for your life and for mine, what might that freedom look like? God calls us to honor the Sabbath, something that is hard in our culture to do our culture where we feel pressure to achieve and to perform and are connected to our jobs 24 hours a day. Yet working seven days a week is not freedom. It's another form of bondage. God calls us not to kill one another. Being able to walk into a gun shop and buy weapons of war, some might view that as freedom but it's not freedom, it's bondage, bondage to fear and to vulnerability. God calls us not to steal or to covet, to take whatever or whoever we want. Some might view that as a freedom, but it's not freedom, it's bondage, bondage to materialism and envy and self-centeredness, the Ten Commandments, aren't intended to burden or limit us, but to free us. It's not a set of rigid rules placed on us by an oppressive taskmaster. It's a gift given to promote life, life with God, and life in right relationship with one another. The Lord is our God, the Lord alone devout jews say those words every day morning and evening as a reminder of who they are and whose they are and whose they are not it's a statement of the freedom from the burden to worship other gods freedom from the burden of being someone you weren't created to be and what i wonder is how much do our lives individually and collectively reflect these principles principles of love of god love of neighbor love of self and how much are they instead off course this morning's paper has a story of the flood of migrants continuing to come into new york city and so many other u.s cities along with the states on our southern border it's an enormous issue an enormous challenge for mayors and governors for leaders in washington for faith community leaders if i had the perfect answer for it i'd start running for president myself and commenting on the crisis Pope Francis recently issued a powerful pain-filled and prophetic challenge to the world over our collective treatment of migrants. He described it as cruelty, a lack of humanity, a terrible lack of humanity. That's how he described it. That's how he described our response to the migrant crisis when he called it the fanaticism of indifference. Those words spoke deeply to my heart. That so few have so much, and that so many have so little, so little hope, so little in way of resources and safety, of any measure of certainty for their future. Feels like the human family has gotten a little off course. I recently saw an interview with Jerry Brown, past mayor of Oakland, California, and governor of California for two different terms, 28 years apart. It's a fascinating story. He's one of the youngest governors California's ever had, and he's one of the oldest governors they've ever had. And after talking for a good bit about his own life, his public service, and an upcoming documentary that's coming out about his life, the attention shifted to the present state of politics in our country. And he was asked, Is there any present candidate for president that you're excited about? Anyone that gives you hope? And in his usual blunt style, he replied, There's not. I think that humanity is on a path to destruction i do not have any hope for our future i was shocked and saddened to hear that from someone who has dedicated his life to serving others dedicated to caring for the common good i wonder if just maybe his words hint at the reality that our world just might be a little off course. Some of you remember the story told by an engineer who worked on the famous Apollo 11 mission that put Neil Armstrong, Edwin, Buzz Aldrin, and Michael Collins on the moon in 1969. He said that during the entire flight, 90% of the time, we were off course. The target stayed the same, Land on the moon, but getting there required constant monitoring and adjustments. There was no cruise control function during the nine days it took us to get there and back home. Ninety percent of the time, we were off course. There was no way to avoid that. And the focus of their work was on how to get them back on course once they inevitably and repeatedly drifted off course. Life's a lot like that. How much easier it would be if we could put it on autopilot, cruise control, and just enjoy the ride, get on the right path, and stay on it. Yet the inescapable reality is that we get off course again and again and again by what we do by what we fail to do, and by the truth of who our loving God is and who we are that we forget. Life's unpredictable. It seldom plays out according to our plans and expectations. We can start moving in a direction or veering off on a trajectory we did not intend. That's why we need a compass, a map, That's why we need daily reminders of the life God calls us to live. And it's what Moses was providing when he gathered the people of God together, those who had journeyed alongside one another through the wilderness. And it's what God speaks to us anew this morning, that we might get back on course You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol that you worship. You shall not make wrongful use of the Lord your God. Observe the Sabbath day, keep it holy. Honor your father and your mother. Do not murder, do not steal, do not commit adultery. Do not bear false witness against your neighbor do not covet anything that belongs to your neighbor not their house not their spouse not their car hero basking ridge the lord is our god the lord alone you shall love the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might keep these words that i am commanding you today in your heart, recite them to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand, fix them as an emblem on your forehead, and write them on the doorposts of your house and of your gates. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.